power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. All right, kindly take your seats. Just close your eyes. Begin to bless the name of the Lord. Just bless the name of the Lord. Let's pray and commit yourself into God's hands as His word is about to come forth. Pray that this word will be cemented deep down in your spirit. Pray that you'll be a doer of the word and not a listener only. Just lift up your voice and pray. Come against every opposition to the word. Come against every heaviness upon your spirit this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Pray that the heavens will be opened over you. Let me hear you pray. Let me hear you pray. Let me hear you pray. Reda bahazana mashaka baya letele mere mano la mozaya. Rodolo brondola mano mosaka bahata ya ba rashile rekendele meleneza zele mano la mozaya baha. Rada baha.
answers. And in you I trust, my life is in your hand. Jesus, you are the miracle working God. You are the God who wants you. You are the God who wants says wherever two or three are gathered in your name you are there in their midst holy spirit we ask that you shall take absolute control as i'm about to speak your word may i not speak of my own accord and may i speak as you grant me utterance 
by virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit and I declare a supernatural injunction of the enemy in this place. We pray that the hearts and the minds of the people of God will be sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their father this morning through the word. Take glory, Father, take glory, Son, take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Oh, the clapping is very, very weak. It's as if you don't want to hear preaching this morning. Hallelujah. Is it me or you poor adult this morning? Ejai fasting to move the deep by heart. Eh? You were eating all sorts of things in the morning. Eh? So you are dull. May your spirit be revived in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. On Sunday morning should be the most exciting morning of your, of your week. Yeah, you should be more excited about Sunday morning than going to work, to work for Pharaoh and Caesar. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is good to be in church. Tell somebody it's good to be in church. I'm glad to be seated by you. Tell the person, I'm not intimidated by your beauty. I'm not intimidated by your face mask. I'm not intimidated by your dressing. Even though I'm happy to be seated by you. I did not come here because of you. I came here to encounter God. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to give you a brief word. Amen. But I believe it's going to be a blessing unto you. Hallelujah. One thing that I believe every Christian needs in their life is maturity. Say maturity. Say maturity. The lack of maturity is the cause of a lot of problems in life. Amen? Yeah. And so this morning, I'm going to preach to you briefly in the next 30, 40 minutes on what I've entitled the essence of maturity. The essence of maturity. Hallelujah. Yeah. Everybody must mature. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But now that I've grown, I have left childish things. Tell somebody, leave the childish things behind. Tell another person, leave the childish things behind. Hallelujah. Yeah. Maturity is very important. You see, a lot of times, we make the mistake of using the terms growth and maturity interchangeably. But they are two very different things. Growth and maturity are not the same. Growth simply means increase. Everybody say increase. So when we say something has grown, it means it has increased. Increase as a result of something being added to it or that thing expanding. All right? That is growth. Growth means increase. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Give me the New King James Version first. We'll see what they said about Jesus. You see, growth is necessary for maturity, but growth is not maturity. He said, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Hallelujah. 
they were talking about the child Jesus, that he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Let's look at the same scripture in the NIV. You realize that only one word was changed. This one, it said Jesus increased. Now, what is it saying? Let's read it together. And Jesus, what? Grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. I'm trying to show you that growth is increase. Hallelujah. When you add on. So, Sunday in, Sunday out, when you come here, something is added to you. It's part of your growth. You hear something new. You hear something that you probably have heard before, but it is consolidated. But you see, whether or not the growth will show depends on what you do after here with what you come to receive from here. Hallelujah. Whatever anointing you receive in a service, five minutes after leaving church, you can drain it all. You can leak it out. Amen. You can receive the word of God with joy now. But will it be the same tomorrow morning? Because from the parable of the sower, we are told that the devil is in the business of coming to steal the word and the joy of the word out of people's hearts. Look, I dare say that a lot of people are not growing because this is what happens in their life all the time. There's a message I'll preach one day. It's entitled, The Stolen Word. Mm. You see, don't joke with Jesus' parables. Jesus' parables give you an idea of how he thinks, how God thinks, how God reacts towards things. Because most of the time, when the, the characters or the main characters in the parables are, it's like, it's God. So it tells you how God views things, how God reacts to things. Hallelujah. And he's telling us that the devil comes to steal. He comes to steal the word out of our hearts. So somebody will come to church on Sunday and they are so excited. And, but 24 hours later, that excitement is gone. And those are the people who are not able to sustain themselves throughout the week on their own. Tell somebody you must mature. Tell another person you must mature. Hallelujah. I always say that in church, and there are different categories of people. We have the self-motivated people. They, they don't need to see a poster of a program. They don't need to see four Super Fridays and me on it holding oil. They don't need that one. But there are those two who must see the oil and say, Hey! Nyamini paniniabri and then they are able to fire has come. <laughs> one of the hour of visitation, uh, Aquila designed the poster and it was like fire. There was some, it's like I was standing in some flame. I was like, hey, the guy will roast me up. Oh, this one is burning bush. <laughs> Look, there are those who need things like that to move them. That is why such ministries are also important. Hallelujah. There are some of you here, you don't need to see a poster. You know that, oh, ah, what? there are some of you, when I don't see you in a service, I know there is something wrong or a very good reason. There are some of you, too, when I see you, I'm excited. Hey, you made it. You came. That day I feel like ushering you myself. There's a seat for you. Sit down. Because we don't see you. Other things are more important to you. Should I go there? 
me, I feel like ushering you myself. I want to come and stand there and shake your hand and tell you, God bless you <laughs> for coming to church. Hi. <laughs> huh? I'll go there. But there are others. It's like they're not being around. It's, it's, it, it rings bells and, and, and like, oh, there's something wrong. Some of you will find why you didn't even come. You can't say anything. I just did not come. <laughs> but God is helping all of us to mature. Hallelujah. Yeah. We must mature. Maybe for now, you depend on the church van to come to church. But can you get to the point where even when the church van leaves you, you say, I'm not coming here because I get a free ride. Even if I'll use my money to pay for an Uber to come so that collection means you are But even that one too is not good. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. At a point, you must grow and mature out of it so that other immature people... Oh, I'm not saying if you come by the church van, you are immature. That, that is not what I'm saying. I am not saying that at all. Hallelujah. Immaturity is when your coming to church is dependent on whether or not the church van is available. That one is immaturity. Mm. Just say, if the black or the blue van doesn't come, yeah, and a holiday, even if you have dressed, you undress and sit down. Hey! Tell somebody you need to grow up and you need to mature. Hallelujah. If Siniamo has to call you every Sunday or Saturday, are you coming to church? Oh, you're behaving like a baby. You're behaving like a baby. Meanwhile, also near. And your makeup and your high heels. But Moses always has to be on your neck. Are you coming? And you know, I'm not even sure. And this is saying, he will literally beg you. Say, I'll come and stand in front of your door before you decide to come. May you get to the point where you are self-motivated. Where you don't need anybody. In fact, may you mature to the point where you will now be encouraging others to come. Hallelujah. You can't remain at the same level forever. You see, when you give birth to a child and maybe five years the child is not working, it's a problem. It's a problem. But some of you in the spirit, you are worse than that. You have stayed at the same place. Ah, you are like 10 years old and you are not, you are not working in the spirit. Yeah. Because you always want to be spoon-fed, spoon-fed, spoon-fed and treated like a baby. behaving like a baby. Like, like spiritually you are in diapers. Some of you are like that in the spirit. If there were a camera that could take a, 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 a photo for you to see the state of your, you will be shocked. Some of them, when you see their spirit, you can't recognize. You can't recognize. Because you are not growing, you are not maturing, but those days are over in the name of Jesus. This year, 2022, even as it's a year of harvest, it will also be a year of growth and a year of maturity for you. So growth is increased. When you come to church, you, you increase. Something is added to you. 
in the place of worship, something is added to you. While the word is coming, something even the five minutes of prayer, something has been added to you. Yeah, that is growth. That's say whether the growth will be sustained or not depends on what you do after here. Mm. You can be in a fast, pray anointing one day. You go and do something, another anointing will quench. Uh, a lot of people are leaking. It's like there, there is a, a, a leakage in your life. You, you can't sustain the oil. But today we seal every such leakage in the name of Jesus. If it is a weakness in your life that is causing the leakage, may it be sealed by the fire of the Holy Ghost today in the name of Jesus. Because if you have a leakage in a bucket, you can pour whatever, it, it will never get full. And, and that is where a lot of people are. So we don't see progress in your life. You take two steps forward and three steps backwards. Two steps forward, it's like, oh, uh, ko ye, ko ye, no. then you go back again. You are not growing, you are not maturing. But I want you to see the difference between growth and maturity. With growth, there's increase. So in the scripture that we read, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. It was describing the, the child Jesus Christ. But you see, when we talk about maturity, we are talking about growth that comes with a certain readiness for something. How many of you have done investment before? You've done investment before. If you put some money in treasury bills, as you are sitting down right now, it's growing. Every second is growing. Whether it's 0.00 something percent that is being added, it is growing. But it's not yet mature. It's not ready. It's not ready to be harvested. So when we talk about maturity, we are talking about growth that comes with a certain readiness for something. So when we talk about maturity, we can't use it in a generic sense in anybody's life. Somebody can be mature when it comes to, let's say, dividing the word. You've reached the point. You are ready to divide the word. You are ready to teach the word. But are you ready for marriage? Are you ready to handle a family? Are you ready to head a home? Those are different things. So if you say, oh, he's mature. Mature in what? Hallelujah. I want us to start analyzing our lives like that. Compartmentalize it. Because sometimes when we do blanket things, we deceive ourselves. And there are important aspects of our lives that yes we are growing but we need to get to the point of maturity for them maturity is about readiness to, to handle certain things maturity is readiness to react appropriately to certain things look a lot of maturity is exhibited by reactions how you react to situations that's what shows whether you are, you are mature, you are ready for the thing or not. When you see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in somebody's life, it is an indication of growth. God has added some things to the person's life, but it's not necessarily an indication of maturity. The fact that somebody can see, the fact that somebody can sing, the fact that somebody can even divide the word, doesn't mean the person is ready to be founder and general overseer. Hallelujah. Mm. 
People, people jump into things they are not ready for. And I'll come to relationships and marriage later. Mm. So we are in the month of February. So can I go there? I shall go there. Me, I'm telling you today, they say that major things that cause problems in marriages and relationships are communication and finances. And me, I'm telling you today that one of the major causes of problems in marriage and relationships is immaturity. If people will grow and mature, marriages and relationships will be more stable. But we'll come to that one soon. So when you see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in somebody's life, it's not necessarily an indication of maturity. It's an indication of growth. You've grown. God has added something to your life that was not there. So now you can sing. Now you can see in the Spirit. Now your, your spirit man is sharper. It doesn't mean maturity. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean maturity. But you see, Christians of today, we are interested in the flamboyant. Mm, as I always say, we are a hair-feeling generation, not a voice-discerning generation. We look at the packaging. It's the packaging we are interested in. A branding. Branding. We are going to minister somewhere and there are 20 people following you. Hush, the expectation just goes to, to the roof. They are ready to receive. The man of God, the oil is thick. My God. <laughs> there was some time ago, I was an all night in Colibu, and the man of God came with a what do you call it? A police escort. Hey! As he was coming, when, when, when you could see the, the prayer went to another level. Hey! People. <laughs> And so sometimes those things have to be done so that your faith can rise. But if you are mature, even if the person came in shorts, you, your spirit is discerning enough to know that this person carries the, the, the word of God and carries oil from above. Even if it's a child who comes to minister, you'll be able to tell. It's not about branding. It's not about branding. Tell somebody you must mature. Tell another person you must mature. Hallelujah. Yeah. So gifts are an indication of growth. And growth is good. But a gift is not necessarily an indication of maturity. And maturity is about readiness. The fact that you have a gift. You see, Jesus said he was growing here. He was growing in wisdom. Four dimensions here. Wisdom, in stature, in favor with man, and favor with God. But it didn't mean he was ready to start ministry yet. He hadn't matured to the point. He was growing, but he hadn't matured to the point to start ministry. Jesus knew the word by the age of 12. He could sit with the scribes and debate with them and they were astonished. For you to be able to astonish a scribe in the word, then it means you are fantabruta. Those people were the custodians of the Torah in those days. They had a certain section of them called the Mazoratis. They, they knew the scriptures letter by letter, not word by word. And they were the ones who were transcribing the word. And they needed to be accurate to the point where 
if it is the whole of Genesis chapter 1 that they are transcribing, to be sure that you haven't added even one letter, you should know what letter starts, what letter is in the middle, and what letter is at the end. That means if there are 1042 words, you should know which one is exactly in the middle. Such that when you are counting from back, that one will still be in the middle. That means that you haven't added a letter to the word of God. Those are the people we are talking about. For them to be shocked by Jesus' knowledge of the word, then the guy was really wild. But that was at the age of 12. Somebody would have said, ah, he knows the word. He should have started preaching at 12. No, he wasn't ready. He was not ready. He may have been able to preach, but would he have been able to take the opposition, handle the opposition? Would he have been able to handle the, the, the persecution that came with it? The attempts to arrest him. They said the times they came and Jesus passed somewhere. Or swerving here. <laughs> Look, sometimes swerving is good. Oh, oh dear, in the spirit of God. Even Jesus. He just disappeared. Swerve. At the age of 12. Come back to the You just hold him by the collar and you hold him like this. You know. He wasn't ready. He was not ready. He needed to mature. And very soon I'll show you some keys to maturity. Some things that will help you to mature. To be ready to handle certain things in life. He was not ready. Totally recently somebody told me, hey, Dunsion Yokan is very deep. Oh. Like when he sings, you can see that Charlie, he's deep in the world. I said, oh, he's very, very deep. He's one of my favorite music. I was like, Onokroye Nontia, sorry, Nanipa Nkofun Kobi. So, hey, you think it's about being deep? <laughs> you think pastoring the church is about being deep? Eh? Uh, most of the work is outside the pulpit. If I tell you the kind of things I need to deal with as a pastor outside this pulpit, the kind of wisdom you need to be able to tell somebody something. Sometimes when people are speaking to me and you start narrating, I'm praying in my head, God, give me wisdom. Because you are depending on me to say something for it to solve the problem or to give you direction. And me to have my things that I need direction for. You understand? Me to have my, my, my prayer topics. Me to have the things that are upon my heart. It's not about being deep. <laughs> it's not about being deep. When I was talking to one of my pastors, I was like, if you're a pastor and a couple in the church come to sit in front of me, they say, we want to divorce. You think it's about being deep at that point? You must know what to say. Hallelujah. You must know what to say. So even though Jesus Christ was, he had wisdom, he grew in stature, favor with God, favor with man. What do you need again? Charlie started ministry, you know. It took another 18 years. 18 years. Before he mounted his first pulpit. Tell somebody, be patient. Sometimes impatience is, is a big problem in ministry. Uh, why is it that during the fasting and prayer, me, I didn't get to lead some of the prayers? Don't you hear my voice? <laughs> With all my deep voice and my, why is it that me, I'm not being called? Then you are worrying yourself and being a, a depressed over nothing. Why is it that when they were choosing the worship leaders, 16 days, 16 days? 16 days. Some people came twice. Some came three times. Me, I'm there. I 
have been there. Why, why, why didn't they call me? So I said, media, there's, there's something wrong with you, and you will be depressed. You'll be depressed. I joined the choir from the beginning. I'm a founding member of the choir. I was there the first day they said the choir is called Overflow Music. But me, every day barking. <laughs> every day barking, every day barking. Why? <laughs> I've told you in this church many times that for me the backing is more important to me than the leading you can be Joe Metal you can be Dinah Hamilton who else? Uh, Kofi Kakari uh, M.O.G. if your backers are bad your administration is bad the backers are the determinant so they are the more important people hallelujah in the same way you can be bad but your backers can make you good mm. don't be praying the leading the truth is that on the day the backers are bad, eh? it's the leader people look at. I'm telling you the truth. The day, the, if the thing doesn't go well, nobody, oh, and the backers, no, 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 no. It is the one who led. You may have prayed, you may have been in the spirit, but your backers were bad that day. One time they will all be singing main line. The next time there's somebody singing bass and there's Mbasa. They will mess you up. Sometimes people are leading and you can see their faces have changed. They are not happy. <laughs> and they say, never go and go Tell somebody you must mature. You must mature. You must mature. Hallelujah. You see, it takes maturity to understand these things. Hmm? That I don't need to lead to make an impact. Don't need to be at the forefront of anything to make an impact. It takes maturity to know that I don't need 10 people to come and tell me, God bless you, your ministration was, was powerful. Before I know that God used me to be a blessing. I told somebody recently that now me, if I'm waiting for God bless you, and man of God, I was blessed by your message. Income, I retired from this pulpit a long time ago. Because most of you have come to the point where you believe it is your right. To receive a good word from me, no be so. Uh huh. <laughs> eh? For a very long, uh, God bless you for blessing me. <laughs> for a very long time, in this church, there was only one person who on Sunday would tell me, "God bless you, man of God," for the message. Consistently, she send me a message. I was like, oh, at least if one person, that means. Because naturally, eh, when you are not hearing feedback like that, as a human, you begin to wonder, Charlie, has the anointing dropped? Is the quality of the message changing? Am I doing something wrong? Mm. One person. One person. On the cross, you say, I will die. Just stop. Huh. But I should be mature enough not to get sad and depressed. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. There was a time that we were putting devotionals on the church page. Huh? You remember? 
month of spiritual consistency and things. There are pastors where, do you know how difficult it is to come out with one? Ask them. It's like essay. Have to write, edit, write, edit. And I post the thing. Oh, in the beginning, people were responding nice. It got to a time you post and no response. <laughs> no response. So understand if you are not mature. <laughs> no response. So I got to a thousand like, hey, Let me save them the I go and I stop posting it for them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You have what? <laughs> I stopped putting it there. If I'll depend on God bless you, oh, like I made you, like I'd have resigned a long time ago. And I said, even the one person now, we die. Eh? Joanna, what's up? <laughs> uh, please put your hands together for her. She was the only one, the whole church was the only one. Sunday afternoon around 4 p.m. God bless you for the message. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes, <laughs> you see, in life, sometimes encouragement comes from the unexpected sources. Mm. It comes from the unexpected sources. Look at Jesus on the cross. What he needed to finish that journey. The man was in a very serious emotional and physical state at the time. And they were taunting him, if you are the son of God, come down. And he could have come down. He could have called angels. They would have finished the matter there. Just like they were taunting him and tempting him. But a voice came from the side and said, Remember me when you enter your kingdom. That's when he realized, I have to finish this thing. I can't come down from the cross. I need to see this thing to a logical conclusion. When you need encouragement, may encouragement come from unexpected sources in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yeah. What was I saying? <laughs> yes. So the fact that you can split word, you can split revelation, it doesn't mean you are mature. It doesn't mean you are ready. It doesn't mean you are ready. So in life, people jump into things. At certain phases of ministry, people are not ready for, they jump into. And they make a, a mess. They make a mess of it. Let me talk about marriage and relationships more. So that even if I end there and I don't give you the four keys, I'll free some. I'm telling you today that one of the major causes of problems in marriages and relationships is immaturity. Mm. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Now that I'm an adult, I've left behind childish things. Tell somebody, leave behind childish things. Hallelujah. We have some very childish mentalities that we take into relationships and marriages and it just causes trouble. Some people feel like when there's too much peace in the reason, like cause some Some people, eh, when they have good partners and good spouses who don't give them major heavy duty problems, they try to create trouble out of little, little unnecessary things. Hmm? It's immaturity. It's childishness. 
are dealing with heavy duty problems in their marriage and relationship. You, by God's grace, your wife is a very reasonable woman. Your husband is a very reasonable man. Thank God and maintain it and keep it like that. Don't latch on small, small, unnecessary things and create trouble and this, this, this. And some of the women, girls, they believe if, if they tread their home small, then, uh, then he will come and pamper you. And then, then, then. you've not met a much Stop, stop them. Stop misbehaving. Intentionally, I said, like I'm annoyed, like I'm annoyed. He touches you. Oh, this is, don't touch me, don't touch me. You know what you are saying is that do what you are stopping, do what you are stopping, do what you are stopping. It's childishness. Hallelujah. What's in childish behavior? A lot of marriages is childishness. Childishness. People react childishly to things. That's your anger that you get angry. You it's childishness. Maturity is calmness. When you even have to be angry. And look, let me tell you, gentlemen, the women, they are attracted to stability. When you look too unstable and a relationship in which the man gets offended more than the woman. No, there's something wrong. They are supposed to be more emotional than us. But you, you have turned the thing around. It means you are, you are doing something you are not supposed to be doing. Every day I'm offended. Every day I'm hurt. Every day I'm this. I'm, some of the things, it's not everything you talk about. Some of the things you just deal with it in your mind. Defend the person in your mind and move on. It's not everything that we need to have a meeting. We, we have to sit down. We, we, we need to dig and get to the bottom of this matter. It's not everything's bottom. All the matters when you enter the bottom, what do you see? It will not help you. Hallelujah. I'm not saying don't discuss things. So. But sometimes some of the things deal with it in your head. Hallelujah. It's not every fault you point out. If the thing is supposed to be here and the person has put it there, you just correct it and move on. It's not every day that you give a lecture. And you know that this thing... If you're doing like this and you put it in and it's causing trouble. Don't correct your spouse when other people are there. Hey, don't you know that this is... And there are people there. It's childishness. Hallelujah. Yeah, maturity means you know when to close your mouth and when to open it. Indiscipline of the tongue. Maturity means when you are angry and the words want to come out of your mouth, you swallow it and drink iced water and cool yourself down and wait till you are ready to talk sense. Because most of the time when you are angry, sense doesn't come out of your mouth. It is nonsense. <laughs> that comes out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you are mature, you will take your time. As for Satan, he'll push you. Ka, ka, ka. Say it. When you are angry, look for some nice, cool Christian music and soak it. Yeah. Do something new. <laughs> it's a good song to sing. It's a good song to sing. 
Somebody said when he's angry, his prayer is that Salt me. Play the right kind of music. You don't know you're going to play. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. By the time you finish, some spirit has entered you. At least I want to have a discussion with you. And you end up spewing all sorts of things. Somebody say maturity. It was mature. Hallelujah. You don't open your mouth by her <laughs> You don't open your mouth by heart. Hallelujah. You don't intentionally say hateful things. You see, when you're angry, you want to say something that will enter the pet, not the ESO, but the spirit. You say the thing and kanakuma. But you see, when you continue doing that, you are hurting the person's spirit. And as I told you when I was preaching about deadly men and deadly women, there is something called unconscious reaction. The person will react unconsciously. They will decide in their hearts they don't want to be close to you again. But they are not conscious of the fact that they've made that decision. So they go to work and they prefer to do over time. And work for Caesar and Pharaoh. <laughs> Extra hours. Instead of coming home. And it's not like they sat down and decided that this is what I'm going to do. It's an You see, we all have what we call survival instincts. Everybody wants to avoid negative stimuli. Everybody is programmed to avoid the things that will, will, will get you sad, the things that will hurt you. We are programmed naturally to do that. So if you are doing something that is constantly hurting a person, you see, and when you over-criticize too, there are some people, they don't praise though. They believe when you do the right thing, why should I say it? It is when you have done wrong that I say it. That attitude is a marriage killer. It's a relationship killer, I'm telling you. Especially if the person is somebody who is used to having praises from other people. They may be good at something and every time people are praising them. People, oh, workplace, you are good. Hey, you are intelligent. Hey, you are this. Meanwhile, when they are with you, you cry when you wear your collar, your collar, your collar. Every time your collar, every time your collar is, I have been telling that be a gentleman, be a gentleman, be a gentleman. If you are going to follow me around, you must look a certain way. Every day, hammering, every day, hammering, negative, negative, negative. Nobody is saying don't criticize, but balance it with praising. Balance it with praising. Praise the person. If you can open your mouth and criticize, that same mouth can also praise the person. You see, when you balance it with praising, the effect of the criticism is not negative. It now becomes critiquing and not criticizing. Critiquing means you talk about the positive and talk about the negative. That's critiquing. When Jesus was addressing the churches in Revelation, he would start with the good. He tell you, you had this. You are strong in social and so, but I have something against you. You have left your first lap. He doesn't come straight, hey, you church, backslidden church of sadists. And negative and negative and negative and negative and no. He gave them where they are positive and then added the negative. That's how you do it. Hallelujah. Because if every time when you are going to address him or her is negative, is criticism, they will react subconsciously. They don't want to be around you. They will prefer being around those who say the positive things. And it's not like they sat down and decided. It just happened. 
May God give us the grace of maturity in the name of Jesus. Immaturity is killing relationships, is killing marriages. It's killing marriages. There are situations in marriages where the couple will have to work as a team to solve the problem. But instead, you are at each other's necks. Work as a team. You are on one side. You're on one side. Don't, don't, don't do every time if there's an issue to make sure the two of you are on one side. Don't create situations where you are here. This, this, that. no, 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 no. Be on one side and work together as a team and solve it. We shall visit this one another time. Let me give you keys to maturing. Key number one. Exposure. Say exposure. What you expose yourself to, you will become. What you expose yourself to, you will become. You realize you, are, you, you, you find it easy to do it. If you want to be a good teacher, expose yourself to good teaching. If you want to work in the prophetic, expose yourself to prophetic ministry. Watch prophets minister. Listen to prophetic ministration. What you expose yourself to, you will become. Hallelujah. Let's read 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. I want to show you that when you, when you observe or when you behold, you become. 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. I'll be done in the next five minutes. It said, And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. So here you are saying that as you behold, you are transformed and you become. Hallelujah. Beholding to become. Beholding to become. What you want to be ready for, expose yourself to it. Me, I don't struggle to do ministration in the spirit because I expose myself to it. When I was a young Christian, I read every possible book there was about the Holy Spirit, the move of the Spirit, about miracles, signs, wonders. Those, things, those were the things I was interested in. The prophetic ministry. This, I exposed myself to those things and I exposed myself to such ministrations. What you expose yourself to, you will be ready to walk in those things. Hallelujah. In the same way, if you expose yourself to pornography, you will be ready to do what they are doing in there. What you expose yourself to, you'll be ready to do those things. If you want to be a good marriage counselor, watch good marriage counselors. There's one very good one in Nigeria, and it's a female. It's called Funke something. Felix Adejuma or something like that. A woman, she talks and so. The ladies, listen to her. It will help you. Listen to her. If you, if you desire to be a counselor or to help people with marital issues, you start listening to people like that. There was one very good one too who died tragically. Uh, Bimbo or is it Odukoya or something some years back. Very sad because that woman was really teaching people a lot of things. Exposure. It helps you to mature. It helps you to be ready. Jesus exposed his disciples to things. He went with them when he was casting out the devils. When he was healing them, he exposed them to it. So what it took him 30 years to be ready for in three and a half years, they were ready to do it and to take on the rest of the world. Exposure. 
I always say, my first spiritual father, he was somebody who didn't believe in this, and he exposed us, casting out devils, things like that. So when I see those things, they are normal to me. I, I don't fret. I don't, I've, it's like it's been part of my spiritual growth all along. Expose yourself. Expose yourself. Number two. Mentorship. Mentorship helps you to mature. It helps you to be ready for things. You need to connect with the right people in certain aspects of your life. If it's business, you must have mentors. For spiritual things, you must have mentors. People who have gone ahead of you who can tell you that, look, me, like Jesus, it took me 30 years to be ready. But I'll teach you how to be ready in three and a half years. One-tenth of the time. That is how to mature. Follow mentors. Choose mentors prayerfully. And follow mentors. It will help you. And number three, you mature through your mistakes. You mature through your mistakes. Look, how many of you have made mistakes before? When I say mistake, I'm not talking about fornication. Oh yeah. When we hear mistake, no, just say, hey, why, why are you able like that? I say, how many people have made mistakes before? Right. Every mistake you make is an opportunity to mature. Don't allow your mistake to come and take away your joy, take away your peace, take away your money, and you leave that mistake to go alone, and you, you will not take anything out of it. She needs you now. Me too, I'm taking something out of you. After that, you can go. Hallelujah. Yes. You learn from your mistakes. That is why you shouldn't allow the guilt of your past mistakes to wear you down. Yes, you've made a mistake. It's gone. But what lesson did you learn from it? You're a young lady. A gentleman came close. And you assumed he liked you. Just because he was around you and you opened your heart. And the next time you heard, I am getting engaged. And your heart was wrecked. Are you going to allow the same thing to happen again? No, no, no. You must learn from it. You must mature. So next time when somebody comes, no, the heart you open it one quarter. But there's a way of opening your heart one quarter, half, three quarters. If you don't know, pray. <laughs> and let God teach you how to do it. Every woman needs the skill. Hallelujah. Because you see, most of the time, the proposal, it comes from the male side. Though. So you are recipients. You don't open your heart fully until there's something concrete on the ground. You understand what I'm saying? Don't assume. The fact that he has been texting you, maybe he's texting three other people. The same way. He's praying about the three. You are, you are all prayer topics. And sometimes, eh, the, the way to be sure that this is what I want is to come close more. Coming close means texting more often, visiting more often. But you are there and you are interpreting the texting more often and visiting more often that I've been a fact. And you conclude things in your mind. Maybe as you came close, you realized that this is not what I want. You can't blame him for it. You can't blame him for it. It's even for your own good that he realized that this is not what he wants. Because if you should enter a marriage with him and you are not really what he wants, it's trouble for you. You'll not be happy. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. 
So as it has happened before, you learn from your mistakes. So now the heart, you open it, and it goes both ways. I'm using the females as an example because most of the time, they are the victims of these things. Open it 10%. Because sometimes you need to open it small too for him to get some indication that they will be fat. You know, some people, they are, they are also looking for signs. Oh. Bouncing, hey, yeah. It's painful. <laughs> Bouncing, they broken heart. They are brother and sister. They are the same. <laughs> so, a wise man will be looking for good signs. That's why, you see, if you like, you just open 10%. The 10% will allow you to give some 10% good signs. But if you shut it completely, you say, Charlie, wait there. It looks like bouncing will be my portion. <laughs> and sometimes there's option one, option two, option three. Charlie, option one, no me shut. The way when I text her, it takes three days before she will answer. I can see blue tick menu online on female. Somebody was like, oh yeah, Mr. Obedi block. Obedi <laughs> block. <laughs> huh? So you learn from the mistakes. Don't open your heart when there is nothing concrete on the ground, ladies. When there's nothing concrete, don't open your heart. As they are also dropping, even sometimes the hints they are dropping, no. You, you can interpret it wrongly. <laughs> you can interpret it wrongly. But to prevent your heart from being broken again, you must learn from your mistake. You went and visited somebody and you slept on his bed and you slept overnight and by the time you woke up at 2 a.m., he was all over you and you could not resist it. <laughs> huh? and then a year later you go and lie on another person's bed I'm tired I need to rest I said oh yeah I said they for bizarre <laughs> you go and make the same mistake again yeah I know somebody the time she lost her virginity in Legon, she went and slept on somebody's bunk bed. Hmm? She went to her room, she decided to sleep. <laughs> you are saying top bed. <laughs> With Satan, all things are possible. <laughs> that was how she lost her virginity. Years later, She came from town, went to somebody's house, 8 p.m., decided to go and sleep on his bed. 2 a.m., she woke up and realized the guy was all over him. And this is somebody, he's your friend, but he was getting ready to get married. And you are even helping his wife to be, to do shopping for the wedding. Say, hey. And it was all over you. And according to you, you couldn't resist. And you ended up sleeping with him. People are not learning from their mistakes. A month later, 
an event planner. <laughs> a month later, you realize you are pregnant. And you end up aborting the baby. And that affected your relationship with God. It's like you couldn't even go to church. It took prayer and things to get you restored. Because the guilt was just eating you. Ah, my friends, husband to be. Three days before, you had gone to do shopping with a wife to be. This same lady, she went and joined some church. One day she was going somewhere with one of the junior pastors. And the junior pastor said he was passing home to do something. You went and lay on his bed. Oh, yes, a baby. You are beginning to look like a witch. The rest, I don't need to continue. History <laughs> repeated itself. May God give you the wisdom to learn from your mistakes and not to repeat them in the name of Jesus. And in this year, you will grow. In this year, you will mature. This year, you will not repeat the mistakes of the past. This year, every mistake you've made and, and the guilt is eating you up, may the Lord roll away that guilt in the name of Jesus. And rather, may you learn lessons from it that will help you to be a better person. I prophesy into your life that such mistakes are far away from you in the name of Jesus. You will grow in wisdom. You will grow in stature. You will mature where the things of God are concerned. And whatever you need to be mature for and ready for in life, you will be ready for it and you will fulfill it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow!